Are you ready to take Twitter to the next level? Then you need to sign up for Twitter Blue. So you can Twitter faster, stronger, harder, smarter, and, and also stronger. Wow. 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 I, I can, can feel, feel the, the difference. difference. Twitter Blue is a premium subscription with features like bookmark folders, ad-free articles, and undo tweet. Now tweet and undo. It's exercise, but it's also staring at your phone, which is what I like to do. Let's check out ad-free articles. Now pick one and scroll, 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 scroll. You're doing great. R.I.P. Twitter, more like let's get ripped, Twitter. Let's get ripped. Twitter, Twitter, give those sad noodles you call fingers the upgrade they deserve with Twitter Blue. Join your heroes, your heroes, your heroes, your heroes, and sign up for Twitter Blue today. Scroll.
David Blue. Hello. Um, this is a this is a big moment for me. Sorry, I'm gonna preface it real quick. In that, uh, after t- like ten years of, of unrequited uh, feedback and requests, uh, I'm glad to talk to you guys, Twitter employees. Um, so I'm gonna focus on your question. Uh, why did I subscribe? Well, it would be silly of me not to, having spent my entire adult life publicly requesting that you guys uh, implement a subscription service, honestly, for any of the uh, the advantages that, that it has for users. Um, I, uh, I want to say uh, a, a big piece of feedback. The Twitter for iOS app has, at, since I subscribed... Twitter blue. This is gonna sound really contentious, by the way. I'm just like a, a big edgy, but like uh, I want you to know that I'm in I'm in here because I'm invested in Twitter too. Um, <laughs> the uh, twi- the iOS app has not randomly logged me out, uh, not once in the past seven days that I've been subscribed. So I do appreciate that. Um, I love, I love the investment in lists that you guys are showing. It's like been my pet thing for uh, twelve my whole twelve years of of being a Twitter user, um, and it represents a real investment in uh, giving people the power to curate for themselves. Um, the uh, <laughs> I, I'm re- I'm really happy about that. I used to have uh, a reminder that. Uh, a weekly reminder to check the the Trello card in your guys' roadmap for Twitter lists. That's that's how invested I am with that feature. Um, and I I want you to stop me. Uh, let me just. What just one. Are you? Is is there more that you want to say, David? One more note. Go ahead. On, on a suggestion. An ability to queue posts, um, and I guess in tandem, look into ways that other services have implemented delete and redraft. I think the the undo tweet. I understand the sentiment, and I understand the ridiculous pressure that you that you faced. It. I also understand that fundamentally, editing the, the way that Twitter was designed from the very beginning, it makes no sense. Um, but even better tweet deck is a, is a plugin that enhances tweet deck uh, implements delete and redraft which is exactly what it says and I think in tandem that would be very powerful also can if you uh, maybe could lift follow limits for people that pay <laughs> I haven't been able to follow anyone on Twitter since 2017 David curious for you what would the delete and redraft give you that you're currently not getting with the undo button i know you touched on this a little bit but i'd love to hear more about that it's difficult to describe without if you've never used the feed so what delete and redraft simply what it does uh is well okay i'm gonna use mastodon as an example because um it, it it's native there in mastodon's uh in toot suite it's web client uh you push one button about where it's it's in a three three dot uh, menu on an individual post, 
and then you push delete and redraft and it instantly without confirmation deletes that post and then moves the content of that post back into the compose window so um i think you guys and i i, I want to give you a lot of fly for the undo tweet thing but it is legitimately a psychologically intelligent uh way of accomplishing I think that's very smart. I, I'm, I'm actually very impressed, I should say. Uh, after having, I've been really, really critical of Twitter this year, specifically for adjacent reasons. So, God, please don't, please don't feel like emotionally uh, responsible for anything on my timeline. And thank you, thank you for listening to me. <laughs> okay, David, we we appreciate all the feedback. This is why we have this open forum for you. Um, and you're always welcome to share constructive criticism for us. As you, as you can notice over the past year or so, we are sharing a lot more and we're very transparent in how we're building. So um, we, we appreciate all the feedback. All right. You're trying. Yeah. But <laughs> open, yeah, transparency pushing it. But yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, fair enough. Thank you so much for sharing. All right. We've got Doran. Doran, I. I So it's been around for a bit. I never really used it until I got some modern devices that had pretty good biometrics. So now I have a ThinkPad that has both, you know, an excellent fingerprint reader, but also, of course, a Windows Hello webcam. And both of these just work amazingly with 1Password. We put a lot of work into making sure that the prompt is responsive, and reliable, appears when you expect it to. And something that I'm really excited about, and it's it's not here yet, but we're, we're still working on it, is what we call enhanced Windows Hello. And what that means is, so right now, Windows Hello works great in the new one password date for Windows. But if you restart your computer or, you know, update the app, it's gone because we have to throw out the, the secret that we keep in memory. But with enhanced Windows Hello, we're actually going to use the, the TPM chip, the trusted platform model to store to securely store your unlock secret so that way if you completely quit the app or restart your computer you'll still be able to use windows hello to unlock one password and in that sense the experience will be very much like touch id on mac you'll just always be able to use biometrics which honestly for me will be a life changer because like i never want to type in my password once i get used to using biometrics on a computer so I really can't wait to bring that to Windows. And I also thank Microsoft for, for doing a good job there of, of getting people interested in, in TPMs and making that a requirement of Windows 11. Because I know, you know, for some older devices, it's, you know, like, what's that? Do I have to go buy a new chip? But honestly, it's, it's a great way to have a trusted, secure store on a device. And software like ours can really benefit from it. So really excited to see where that goes and uh, other ways we can integrate into it. Now, there's honestly a ton of lower level ways in which we integrate with the system. And I like, you know, we can go into them people have questions um, there's some that i don't know some people might find interesting like we actually use the secure clipboard to make sure that when you copy something to the clipboard it's not synced over your microsoft account to the cloud so that's pretty important when you're copying a password uh, things like that we use the windows networking stack natively from Rust, so we um, can have sort of custom support for for proxies and for for enterprise network configurations and of course those are low level you don't see them but they, you do experience them when you use the app. You have just an experience that definitely feels more customized for Windows than you might, expect, at least on the surface. Now, actually, one that I know uh, Andrew will be really interested in talking about is we've completely redesigned the way that our browser extension works on Windows to make it more reliable and also to have it communicate with the desktop app in a way that's pretty unique to Windows. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, before I go into that, something you said gave me like a flashback to the early days. And I just pinned a tweet because I had to look it up. I actually have Windows since somewhere in like the 2004, 2005 timeframe. I remember buying the Microsoft fingerprint reader, hooking that up to my gaming machine. And this was back in the day, act houses for LAN parties. And I just thought I'm the coolest nerd on the block because I could walk away and come back to my machine, unlock Windows XP with this little USB fingerprint reader. And I don't know how, uh, so funny to think like, we all think of touch ID Mac, Mac uh, world as like being a really um, valuable biometric unlock uh, system, but heck, Microsoft's been doing this thing for almost two decades now, which is pretty impressive, honestly. Very impressive. Um, I've, I've just been yeah, reminded that I, I've forgotten, obviously. Um, I can't believe I forgot it, but dark mode, of course, full support for the system dark mode in Windows 10 and Windows 11. It'll switch when your computer switches. Uh, the browser extension will also switch at the same time. I've gotten so used to this. like I consider it such a must-have. that It's hard to believe that one password didn't have it. I mean, even Windows a few years ago didn't really have a dark mode. But but man, it's just so beautiful. Uh, on Windows 11 with the accent color and everything, I'm just, I'm so glad that, like, you know, my whole computer on Windows just has this, like, aesthetic continuity to it that previously I had honestly associated only with Apple. And now it's just, it, it's it's great to really feel comfortable on, on, on my PC in one password and in every other app. Yeah, for sure. I think um, when dark mode first started, it was kind of a gimmick, right? It was like, oh, make your app. Nowadays, I pretty much don't have apps that don't support dark mode when I'm laying in bed at laptop when I should use it or something like that. You know what I mean? Like if we've hit the tip, any app or dark mode just doesn't even feel like a, a modern app. So it is really awesome to see that. And to be honest, I think we kind of nailed like a perfect version of dark mode too. You know, you see a lot of apps that are too dark, too light. Uh, one password is in a really good place there. Um, so I'm, I'm very happy with that as well. Um, but you did, you did mention browser. I think mm -hmm. we've talked about it a lot. We talked about um, our browser extension on our last Twitter space, which um, we can dig up a YouTube link. Maybe Nick can dig that up and figure out how to put it into a tweet somehow. Um, but essentially bringing across um, <clears throat> 1Password 8 is a big turning point for a lot of what we're doing with the browser extension. So um, what was formerly known as 1Password X, all grants for 1Password, um, is sharing more code. A lot of the code that we wrote for this Windows app, Linux app, um, we actually compile that web from Rust directly and use that within the browser. And that is starting to get that same consistent experience for things like how we compute your time-based one-time password or how we generate pass a web app run completely in, in your web browser. Um, as part of this project, probably one of the large, and we've been working on this for almost nearly as long as we've been working on the Windows app, was getting an experience that you know allows our new modern um, browser extension to talk direct the app and kind of share lock state and, and share some state slash feature set. So if you click edit one pass your edge browser, um, that will actually one password desktop app if you have it installed. What's almost just as cool, if you don't have the uh, app installed yet, uh, you can you can run your entire, um, you can have an entire one password browser. So, um, we've, and, and this is gonna help us a lot of, um, unfortunately, people outside of what to think about, but it's gonna help us make 1Password use, right? So when you go sign up for 1Password, oftentimes really all you need is to start using it in the browser, saving your first set of logins, filling your first set of logins. And then eventually you're gonna realize, holy cow, I want my whole digital life in, right? Like, why don't I put more in? And uh, this will be news to most people on uh, the call, but I actually recently got married while I was on vacation and I'm feeling this more than ever, right? I'm feeling the, the need to put oh, we need to like have a consolidation of all these important documents. We have a kid on the way. We need to put these docs full. And so essentially like 
you may be able to use just the browser extension, but you're going to shortly become, and one of the things we're going to help you become is a better one password user for your entire digital life. And it starts at the browser. It ends really um, in the desktop app, web app, and sharing items with your family and your teams and, and those kind of things. I, I can't believe I just found out you got married on our Twitter <laughs> space. Yeah, I think uh, so. Uh, well, well muzzle hey. toes. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. It is official. It is official. <laughs> we, have, we have two buyers pending all of the legal docs going through on name changes and such. Wow. Just like, oh, by the way, I bet, you know, no, congratulations, Bayard. That's oh, <laughs> good job, man. That's awesome. Uh, didn't really, I mean, we don't, you know, can't distract from a upcoming launch. Silly person, you know, post launch. Um, but I think this is a great point. I, I do want to like a good 15 minute segment for people to come up and ask questions. Oftentimes that spark long winded answers and, and more conversation. Typically we keep this to about an hour. Um, so we have about 10 minutes. I don't know if you have anything to add, Rue, or should we just start talking about the future of 1Password and where we're going? No, let's, um, let's, let's dive into that. I got nothing else. So I think Mitch um, talked a lot about uh, Windows Hello, um, a little bit about how he's using Windows as uh, a um, to like further his developer productivity. But uh, what other kind of uh, hints can we allude to, Mitch, about what, you know, it's always been kind of that, that that kind of once we get one password eight out, we can start doing X. What is that X? What can we share? What can we talk about? So I mean, look, we didn't even get through everything that's in one password eight. But just just talking about the stuff that's Windows specific can easily take a couple hours. And there's so much more that I think if you if you open up one password eight and play with it, you'll see kind of where we're going in the future. So a big one that I'm I'm very curious to see how people find it is when you go to create a new item in one password eight, you actually get sort of a, a guided catalog to helping you get data into 1Password. We give you recommendation, you can search, we automatically pre-fill whatever we can. Like we, we actually, we know, for instance, when you type like NE, we'll say, oh, do you want to create a Netflix login? And you just you just press enter and it's pre-filled with the title, the URL tag. We'll even tell you, you know, do you want to maybe share this with your family? And we'll help you do that. And that's kind of a little taste of sort of our vision for what 1Password should be, because we, we say it should be so much more than a database, so much more than just like an address book. It should actually help you really protect your digital life in a proactive way. And there are little hints of that all over the app. You'll notice when you edit items, we'll start giving you much more frequent suggestions. So when you start typing your username, we'll say, oh, do you want to use like the username that you've used a hundred times before? Because why wouldn't you, right? Uh, We'll, we'll give you tag suggestions. We will give you security question generation when you sign up for a site and you need to answer some security questions, just little examples like that. And of course, a feature that I'm really excited about both now and in the future is the new quick access. And again, I don't know if, if you've all had a chance to play with it yet, but on Windows, the shortcut is Control Shift Space, although you can change that if you don't like it. And it'll bring up anywhere on your PC, a little floating palette, very similar to actually the start menu where you just type and one password will get you what you need. So if you need to uh, fill a login, copy some credentials, all keyboard powered, we have a whole set of custom keyboard shortcuts designed for Windows, validated by Windows users. And we, uh, it, it's just the beginning. Like I actually don't even know if it made it into the release build yet. Maybe someone can tell me if it didn't, but it'll start to detect the apps you have open on your system and give you suggestions of the the data that you need to use. So if you, you know, you need to fill your password into Steam, you know, I guess for Windows users, I know for me, that's a fairly common task. Like it'll say, you open quick access with a keyboard shortcut, it'll show you Steam right there and you just press control C and you'll have your, your credentials on the clipboard ready to, to copy into the Steam app. And we just want to do so many more things like that where you're not just, you're not just using one password like a spreadsheet. It's 
it's helping you live your life and stay secure. And I can already think of others, which I know a lot of people in this call are going to love. And I wish I could talk about them, but not not for a while yet. Yeah, Dave and Rustin had something on Twitter. And uh, I'm pretty excited that is. We'll hear about it the first quarter of next year. One thing that wasn't brought up on this call, April and probably one of my favorite recent additions to 1Password isn't actually really in the app. That is our new password share. So you can actually, from an item directly in 1Password in Windows now, um, click the overflow menu and, and decide you want to share this item with somebody outside of 1Password. And it's a great example of where we essentially had a team build a new feature to the 1Password service, and we can tightly integrate it directly into the desktop app experience. And for a lot of Windows users, most of which probably don't go post, maybe even follow us on Twitter, this will be like a new feature going to really help them. Uh, because let's be honest, not all of your friends yet. So this will help you kind of share that Wi-Fi path or add someone or whatever. You, the Wi-Fi is a big one, especially for Windows and Android users. You don't get to experience that tight integration with iOS and macOS where you just get on, you know, open your device near somebody in a house, prompts you to uh, to share Wi-Fi information. I've I've personally already used that with a couple of uh, my family members who came to visit me a couple of weeks ago. And it was just awesome. And and for those folks, they actually didn't use one password. And they're like, whoa, this is awesome. They didn't even want one password for a password manager. They wanted one password to like share, share you know, just a URL. So that's a really cool thing. Um, Nick I've, I've actually found that feature even more useful on Windows because on, on the Apple ecosystem, I tend to use iMessage for those kinds of things. I just, you know, I paste something to iMessage. But when I'm on my PC or communicating with someone on a PC, we don't have like sort of a, a source of truth, like a secure way to share information. So if I just need to get a little snippet of text, some kind of code or a link or whatever. And now I just share it for one password. And I know that it's going to work for them because it's going to work fine in whatever web browser they have especially now that that's likely going to be Edge and not Internet Explorer 11. And uh, it's it's great. It, feel, it makes my PC feel more connected to to the world in a meaningful way. And that, that's also another focus that we're really going to double down on um, over the next little while. Like 1Password is not just something where you have your stuff. It's how you can communicate and share securely in a way you can't really with any other service or app. Yeah, and I think that's always been one of the selling features to a product like 1Password because, you know, for some people, using a password manager in your browser is enough to get by. And I strongly recommend if you don't use a dedicated password manager, please do use whatever browser or OS you use. Um, you know, having uniquely generated password is step one. Once you're ready to have that across every platform, all of your family members with your friends, that's when one password will come in and just dominate and really shine for you. So um I think we'll open up unless you have set up for some questions real quick. Um, so uh, let's get, some, let's get the, some questions rolling in. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, sometimes the Twitter Space app will just like crash when you come up on stage. So it takes a few seconds sometimes to get people added. So we have to vamp a little bit. Um, but I will go ahead and uh, bring a couple people up. And David has been patiently waiting. So they are first on the list. If you um, do want to ask a question, we have a ton of people from the team not even up on stage. Feel free to just and there we go. Can you hear me? Bottom left hand side on the iOS app, maybe Android. I don't really know. And uh, you can come up on stage and ask us really anything. Can you hear me? Okay. Hi, yeah. Hey. Um. <laughs> there's so there's so much uh, that I wish I could ask these guys because one password has been a profound part of my computing life in a way. Uh. So I, I live in Mid Missouri and I'm a 27 year old person who lives and uh works on computers who doesn't make software. 
Uh, and I've been using one password. I think since I was 14, I, I think that's the, the, the year, uh, you guys built this industry. Your impact on my life is incredible. I know. I'm sorry. This, this is like this inevitable preface, preface, but like, uh, I'm, what I'm about to, to ask you is going to sound left, uh, out of left field and, um, maybe even contentious, but it's legitimately, uh, in the interest in your, in your interest. Um, do you guys, has anyone on your team ever spent any time using NPass for, uh, because, because if not, I would, I would advise that you have somebody take a week and just use NPass on iOS and, and Windows. Um, and also like actually related to one password, the, I've never actually verbalized this word. So you guys can laugh at me if you'd like, uh, the CLI, the command line interface. Um, I was wondering if, if there are any considerations going to Windows 11. I just, I couldn't find anybody talking about it. So Ooh, those are some good questions. So before we go into the CLI, I would love to, what do you love about simply think we should check out? Cause I'm curious. That would be like, okay, one more thing about my personal history. The, the most significant thing that I can think of, like the first, the, the actually original thing is i I remember using one password for non password related things before I heard it anyone else doing that um okay one password uh i was a one password user probably for at least i don't know 10 straight years not quite um until like 2018 and uh sorry i've i uh have have a real problem with like condensing stuff um it's uh npass is, is a little bit more intelligent specifically when um okay i should note i only tried one password eight for like two seconds before I hopped in here. Um, but as it as it stands on both iOS and desktop, uh, one password has a real issue, and I'm using the I'm using the Safari extension on iOS, which um, I really want to use. Uh, but uh, it's just kind of maybe I don't have the terminology to describe this. Uh, it's it's a little bit clunky. Um, and like the direction that you guys are taking, I think is inevitable for the industry because like all the all the like the encryption consideration, um, that stuff. I don't actually know. NPass is is, is hard to um, like. It's not a, obviously. It's not even remotely as well documented. It's a, kind of obscure in comparison. Um, but it does it does have. Oh, what I was gonna say. Let me let me stop on this. NPass is what all the reasons that I use one password. Uh, I used to use one password. All the intelligent things. Um, the intelligent attributes. NPass is the one password for me at least in my use of today. Um, and I I specifically set aside time i'm doing a trial uh one password for the first time so um and my notes are very extensive but like i guess the the suggestion that someone on the team used in pass is like i think like ultimately the only way to actually see uh since i can't describe better is like is to uh extensively use it and and use it hardcore um which i i, do, I mean i you know i use my password managers hundreds of times a day um i don't know did, did that kind of was that yeah, more specific? no i think that's fine I'll hack there um i can tell you i'm gonna let Ru try to answer the windows cli question because that's a good one but i can tell you one of the cool thing about one past last year is i will let me back up even further uh, about four and a half years ago company and there was only about 50 of us and yeah. As of a half years later, I think we have close to 550 or more employees. And every single person, they're less and less kind of into the product. And we're getting a ton of feedback on probably things that you're thinking as well uh, about um, why does this work? Doesn't really make any sense to me. And so that's a kind of a problem. You have internal users saying, um, why couldn't this be better? You know, and so those fresh eyes really widen our eye from kind of a product design perspective, from an overall interface design perspective, even from a technical 
developer perspective. So I think um, one of the things you'll see, and Mitch kind of alluded to it a little bit uh, earlier, is you're going to see us uh, really start drastic product changes to make 1Password super easy to use for both users like yourself who've been using uh, a decade before and for users that have never used a password. I think this is definitely a place and it's a place where we want to be industry thought leaders on essentially making a password manager for something that where even Dave, one of our founders of the company, parents, right? Like we don't even have all of, let's be honest, it, it could be easier. And so I, I think you will see, and I, and I do, um, I do, uh, I would love to try out 1Password 8 and feel free to follow up with us. Um, my DMs are always open. You can always email us and give us some of those kind of suggestions where you're saying, you know, this part doesn't make any sense to me because oftentimes it's just, we're not looking at it the same way as everybody else. Uh, so Windows CLI, uh, Rue, you got an answer on that one? Uh, yes, we do not comment on rumor or speculation. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. so what I will say, I'll answer more generically is that as, as more uh, core-based products roll out the door, um, uh, we're looking at at ways that we can interact with other one password products that are that we you know we also produce. So um, our CLI is certainly something that's near and dear to our hearts. And uh, stay tuned to some some stuff that's that's on that's that's in the works over there. Thank you so much for the question, David. And seriously, the candor only makes us better. I love how you set us up. Holy cow, we're going to get the best feedback from our most faithful user ever. And then you dial us back reality and let us know, hey, look, we like every product can get a ton better. And 1Password 8 is really setting that foundation for us to be able to get better. Uh, so thank you so much. Uh, Jeff, you got a question, comment for the group? You do have to click mute button now that you're on stage. There we go. Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome. I'm a, a longtime 1Password user, been a uh, one password user on Mac, iOS, and Windows for a really long time, mainly on iOS and Windows now. And I'm uh, I am blind, so I use a, a screen reader and uh, and use a voiceover on iOS. Which, by the way, the the iOS app is extremely accessible, including the Safari extension. So go you! Um, thank you, thank you for that. Um, and the, but the Windows version has been a bit of a journey um, in, in reference to accessibility. And right now, the One Password Seven release is is pretty darn accessible. Uh, and I have not ventured into eight yet, just because I'm a little. <laughs> It's one of these uh, utilities where it's kind of like your text editor, right? You just want it to work. And uh, I'm a little afraid of, of upgrading and, and concerned a little bit about the accessibility experience for version 8. So I was wondering if you might be able to speak to it from that standpoint. So Jeff, um, so thanks for the question. Uh, I, I have to be, I'm always very candid whenever I talk about our accessibility support because it is both something that I think we try really hard to do a good job with. And also, I don't think that we do a good enough job with. So I'm, extre I'm extremely happy to hear that you've that you've had some successes with our product. And I think that's a result of how hard we're trying. I think we need to do better. Um, we did we have we have uh, taken accessibility in mind with with one uh, password eight for Windows. Um, and I think like anything else, we're going to find some spots where we have to, we have some improvements to make. Uh, I know it's a little bit of a, of an ask to to sort of install install one Windows app that will uninstall another one. And then if it's not good enough, you're switching back. And, and there's that aspect of like, look, man, my setup just works. Can you just can I can you just not not screw with it? Uh, right now. Um, but it's one of those things where feedback from folks like yourself is so incredibly important. Uh, to help us get it right that I, I would love for you to, to give it a shot and see what you see what you think. Um, 
I also fully understand if you just want to hang out and and wait for uh, for a few point releases so we can uh, we can find those bumps in the road and smooth them out. Uh, I, I definitely have a machine that I'll I'll get it uh, spun up here on. Um, have you run accessibility insights across uh, the One Password Eight app to see how accessible the app is using that tool? Yes, we have. We have. It is okay, it is good. one of the okay. things that we've done a we've done a pass on. Um, but like I said, it's just no, I get I'm it. always I get wary it. of it because I just feel like, especially as someone who uh, who who is you know, not a sightless user myself. Yep. Like I, I don't, I don't want to speak to it because I don't use it that way every day. And so because I'm not dog fooding it, I just, I'm always anxious that like we've totally missed the mark. I don't think that we have, but also I'm nervous that we have, you know? Okay. And one other, one other question. I, I feel this is really, really important. And I know support, you know, at onepassword.com is, is a good email address to use, but to ensure that, that things are looked at from this endpoint, is that still the right place to send support requests to? In other words, I, I, if I'm going to engage on this, I just want to make sure it's getting to the right people and that and that the feedback is heard and that if you want me to play a role in it, I'm all in, game on. Um, but I just want to make sure that, that I'm getting to the right people and making a difference because, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I'm... I don't want to devote a lot of time to it to 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 help make a win win if that's not going to. In other words, I, I I just want to make sure I'm getting to the right path. Is that is yeah. that a fair statement? That no, yes, of course that's a fair statement. Uh, I just DM'd you my my uh, personal email address, so you can you can just get in touch with me directly, and I'll I'll make sure that it, that it lands in the right place. Awesome. I you guarantee. Are... I, was, I was just gonna say, I guarantee your question has already sparked a to do item to go revisit some of the things that we added in close to the final month for us to go look at. Um, we do have folks internally that uh, rely partially, if not, uh, but not fully on some of the um, accessibility features. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll definitely, we'll definitely take another deep dive. Uh, but I am, I am, as some worked on the iOS, very happy you have had a pretty good experience there. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, well, listen, thank, thanks, guys. I don't want to take more of your time, but keep up the great work. It's, uh, it's a great app. And uh, I've got all of my family using it. And vaults everywhere, one password all the way. So <laughs> thanks, everybody. Uh, thanks, yeah, Jeff. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Anyone else from the uh, room that would like to come up, ask some hard questions, easy questions? I'll take a softball. I think uh, Rue would take a softball at this point. If you have any questions, comments, or uh, concerns about one password, we are very open. And the reason why we run these space to interface with our community, it's really, you know, some of it is you're getting a date blog post, fucking amazing blog post that Dave um, wrote. You know, you're getting to hear kind of our um, our side of things, but also it really is that is something that has never changed at One Password um, since the day I started using it over a decade and a half ago. The, the five years that I've, um, we at all levels listen to user feedback, um, developers are in there responding to customers, and so that's why we're here on the street. So I'm not going to try to pronounce. Oh, sick code. What's up? The state got a question or comment concern for the group. Yeah, sure. How you going? Um, I just had a question. Uh, look, quite literally, just woke up and noticed the stream. Um, I was just looking through this site. Do you uh, have like a community edition? I saw some SDKs on GitHub and things like that. Is there a community edition or somewhere to inspect the code or something like that? But the second question was, um, or like a, an encryption white paper, I had a look at it, it was like some something about AES. But the second question was, um, with the command line stuff, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but would the... Would any passwords show up in the history of the command? So the output obviously would come out as, as like with the passwords, but I assume so. But 
is there any way that you can prevent, you know, like artifacts from from appearing in the history? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's unpack that a little bit at a time. Uh, we do have a security white paper. Uh, it's fairly large and it's honestly a pretty good read if you want to hear a lot about how 1Password works. So you can get that on onepassword.com. Say forward slash, uh, just click on security and down at the bottom, you'll be able to download the white paper. I don't remember the URL anymore and I don't want to give you a bad one. Um, that is onepassword.com. Onepassword.com slash security. Right, I was going to have it. Um, we used to have a like, short URL for just the white paper. But anyway, um, that is on that I and have revisited on multiple occasions about like, do not have that. Um, <laughs> if you talk to the right founder at time, you might hear them say they would love to see it or uh, let's make one password free for the world kind of thing. Um, but we do not have that being said, we are very, very with security researchers. Um, so we, we obviously run a very comprehensive bug bounty program where people can write in and interface with the security community that way. I've even, you know, our literally email sections of our to people interested in how a particular crypto function works or what we're um, kind of doing behind the scenes. Because in the end of the day, we're not thrilled, um, you know, what we're doing. We're very open about how we respect people's security and privacy here at 1Password. We just do not have a, uh, a repository at this time. Um, you may see something in the future. We've, we've talked about open sourcing certain things. And one of the cool things about joining the Rust community is we have started building a ton of the 1Password code base in, in places where we, we plan to contribute this back to the community. So more to follow on that. Not been the number one priority yet, but it is something that I'm definitely passionate about. And then for the CLI question, you're talking about kind of running it on Windows, Linux, or yeah, like running it on like uh, uh, WSL or Linux. I'll probably yield that to Mitch talking for a long time and I want to get uh, a taste of water, but um, maybe he can talk a little bit about how history would work there with regards to passwords and that kind of thing. So I mean, I don't actually use the CLI often enough to have my own workflows, but from, from what I understand, it's, it's fairly stateless and actually uses, um, for, for actual secrets, it uses raw input instead of like standout or stand-in. So when you're, when you're typing secrets, certainly they won't end up in history. And it does a lot to make sure that that's the case. It also has, um, like, you don't pass in your password or anything on the command line. It reads it from from a file. You set your permissions so that, it, like, no process can just casually read it. And, and our documentation goes into that. And, of course, the engineers working on that put a great deal of, of thought into sort of how that all works. I do know, and, and speaking for the future, this is something we're interested in is actually having the CLI kind of like how our browser extension communicates with the desktop app. We, we kind of want them all to be aware of each other's existence and be able to benefit from the security properties of each one. So for instance, the, the browser extension gets progressively enhanced right now by the, the desktop app. Install the desktop app, the browser extension is securely unlocked when you when you open it. And we're thinking like, well, maybe we can do things like that, you know, for the command line tool or for other parts of our ecosystem. We're using, in the case of Windows, it would use, uh, I think they're called secure pipes. Sorry, I forgot the term. It's it's whatever Windows uses for IPC. But basically, we, we could do it in a way where the CLI would benefit even further from some of the security guarantees of the desktop app and have sort of a more stateful, secure presence. And all I can say is that work there is certainly not done, where we don't get these tools out and then and then leave them and go on to something else. And, and that's true even for one password eight as a whole. Like the version number is just a version number. It's because it's because it's a new SKU. But you're you're not gonna have to wait till one password nine, for instance, to see really radical and interesting changes. In fact, one of the the changes in our philosophy is that we want to get a really regular releases with um, updates, improvements, and and features. And honestly. It's it's it, you're going to start seeing that in the space of weeks. I know that's that's for the browser extension and even the CLI has some big plans in the coming. 
Yeah, I, I guess I could follow up a little bit on the CLI as well. I would be uh, cautious certain aspects. Like one of the things that the CLI does is it will retrieve an item from the server, decrypt it, and then output the raw JSON of the item. So if you are using on macOS where it has kind of a replay mode where it actually stores values, you know, any input printed out in terminal, that will kind of... So you do have to mindful how the CLI, but um, in general, we're not like printing encryption keys or anything like that to your terminal. So there is more of that on port.1password.com. There's a whole section to help you out there. And if you have more specific questions, feel free to reach out to us. Um, I actually saw one of our former employees wrote the initial CLI, but I don't see him here. Um, so yeah, thank you for the question. Those were awesome. Thank you for everyone who came up and, and talked to us. And thank you for the one password folks that came out visit and hear the story. Um, just like, I think this is our third space. It's something that we really like to do around major launches. We really do appreciate seeing the community support. Um, but we're over an hour and make dinner for the family. Um, any closing thoughts there, uh, Mitt? No, this is great. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, we uh, did record. So if you missed part of it, you want to hear the whole thing, we will throw it up on our YouTube channel. Uh, I'll tweet it out if you want to follow me or... I that I wouldn't guarantee the 1Password account will tweet it out. So I will tweet it out. Yeah, thanks again for everyone coming. And I do really appreciate the community engagement and super excited for those of you who haven't tried 1Password to go give it a try. Now, there's never been a better, literally the best ever. Please go see it. And thank you. Have a great night, everyone. Good night. Why? There's two ways to take information. Video, voice, in person, books, YouTube. And there's another way, but I can't remember right now. If you're not, oh, go ahead. David. Hey, Marquise. I, uh, I've been thinking about what I would ask you. I appreciate you bringing me up. I was going to answer a question about spaces. Uh, on the subject of using Google, uh, I just went back to college for the first time in seven years. Uh, and Congrats. Was, was a, well, actually, I, I was going to say uh, I'm no longer in college. To me. I went <laughs> for one one semester. Uh, and my experience that, like, the experience that was very alarming to me was how poorly uh kids are still using uh search engines um and i i guess uh what i wanted to to ask you as it like a true authority in all this stuff i've been, I've been following you since like the myspace days um oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah. you are actually an authority on um marketing in 2021 in a way that a lot of people right now especially in clubhouse uh are purporting themselves to be are describing themselves um and what's i guess i would i would actually just ask you to it to address that um because i see it as a as a huge disparity i've actually i'm writing an essay that you would definitely hate um I, that's arguing that the average person on social media unless you like explicitly determine that you're going to be a marketing person that you avoid any sort of strategy um but you're the perfect example of of someone who is like actually an authority i guess i would just ask you to address that like which is yeah not, so there's yeah. there's so there's multiple ways you can be someone or something there's not one way to go about anything now me as far as strategy is concerned mine's is more focused on like having a schedule like so not not like going by a b c d e f g it's like okay a Wake up at 9.30 so I could do my TikToks before I go eat breakfast, before I go to the gym, before I do this. Not telling you exactly what TikToks to do, what to wear, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like, as long as you're consistent, consistency is key. If you're not consistent, if people don't know you buy something, then you're not going to be known for anything. So, Will Smith, actor, 
he became great in the actor. Then he started doing music. Then he started doing movies. 50 Cent, anybody you look at, they did something first. Then they branched off doing other things. Same same thing I'm thinking about. I branched off into different things just by accident because of who I was and the people that I knew. And I got connections. But as far as the Google is concerned, yes, Google, <laughs> I, t- <laughs> I tell people all the time, it's like when they're right next to me, it's like, why don't you use your smartphone? It's a thousand. You paid a thousand dollars for that for your iPhone in your hand. And you're like, how do you do this? Or you you ask me a question that your phone can literally do. You're asking me that. And I'm not saying it in a cocky way. I'm just saying the thing in your hand can literally, you probably could have got the answer faster from that phone than you would have asked me, which would have saved you time. And time is money. And time is power. And power equals currency, current currency. You guys, you guys know all that, mama jamma or whatever. So people are... People don't know how to use Google. People don't know how to use the internet. And I used to be one of those people. One thing clinked in my head one day is I talked to myself in my head. Y'all don't talk about me. Don't call me crazy. But I think it's a must that you must talk to yourself in your head. And it's not actually words coming out of your mouth. You're literally talking to yourself in your brain. I don't know if other people do that. You can actually hear a voice and everything. But I'm not really saying anything. And uh, I was on the internet. And I did, I I literally went to four websites every single day. (laughs) I went to four websites. I don't know what era of time this was in, but let's just say I went to, I went to Google because that was my uh, default setting browser. Then from, from Google, I would type in whatever was MySpace or Facebook. I would log into Facebook and then I would get on my next social media platform and then I would get on my email. And I did that every day. And I was like, one one thing, it just popped up in my head. I was like, why the fuck? Isn't this the worldwide? I literally said this to myself. Isn't this the worldwide web? What else is out there? Get out of your comfort zone. Just go on Google. Just look up shit. Just, just, just type up shit. Click on links. Like all type of shit. Yeah, my grandma's computer got bugs and fucking all type of shit. And sometimes she kicked me off, and people have to come over and fix the computer. But you know, that's how I found like that's how I found the dark web. That's how I found Black Hat. That's how I found hackers from Ukraine and Russia. That's how I found out that, you know, Instagram and Twitter, they're they're manipulating their own social media platforms. That's when I started finding out about panels and I started finding out about followers and fake followers and, you know, likes and growing your page, merges and fucking all type of shit. Like, the the real internet, it, it literally, it's, it's, it's untouchable. The things you can get on the internet from a kidney to a hitman to buying an Instagram page, buying a Twitter page, uh, promo to Bitcoin and purchasing things like it's literally you can do what you want. It's literally like the Matrix, literally. I'm not even going to lie. But you do have to get dirty. And what I mean by that is, you know, you do have to get on these websites, use an IP address. All right. Protect your identity. You do have to get on these websites. You you might pay for something. It might be a scam. You might create a login or a password. And these people might be, you know, grabbing your information, but they still might be giving you access. But in exchange, they're getting your information whatever. Um, you have to do deals with people that they want the money first. <laughs> and you got to You don't know these people and you don't never seen their face, never heard their voice. But they offering you something that you want and you got to give them the money first and pray to God that you receive what you're asking for like you you just got to take those risks if you don't take those risks then you'll never reap the benefits or, or get into a status that you really want to get to 
It's the same way in the music industry or any real estate business or anything. You have to do something for somebody for you to get something in, in exchange. And that's what they call like the Illuminati or that's what they you see people. Oh, you are part of this group or a part of that group. It's like to grow. You have to because there's people that are already in those spots. You either got to take that spot. You have to fill that spot or you're going to continue to be under a certain level because there are gatekeepers. If you guys ever heard of a a gatekeeper, gatekeepers are a person that's in a certain industry that holds that spot, holds that position, and the overseer of everything that happened in that industry. If you're with us, um, you you build with us, you connect with us, we know about you, or we're just not going to let you just, you know, become successful out of nowhere. You know what I'm saying? It's like the government knocking and tapping at your door like, hey, like, what are you doing over here building Facebook? Like, what is all this information you got? Like, can you control that? Like, come come, come, holler at us. Like, come to our courts. We want to ask you some questions, sir. Thank you. So, yeah, David, hope that um, answer your question a little bit, but I would like to uh, see that research paper though. Whenever you get finished with it, actually, I was uh, on the on the topic of of gatekeeping. Um, <laughs> I I uh, did do research uh, a little bit. I I was I really wanted to write the book about Facebook. I'm glad that someone else did because I I burnt out for sure. Uh, <laughs> and write an academic paper is what I wanted to do. But the reason, a lot of the reason why people don't know how to use these things better, like Google, like using quotation marks, okay, to search an exact phrase on Google. Um, mm-hmm. One of the reasons why it's not people's fault, it's not because people are dumb, it's because there is no uh, business incentive for a tool like Google, which is not primarily a tool, right? It's like Google Alphabet, the company that, that makes Google did not, well, no longer makes Google primarily to be a search engine. Uh, it's primarily to, to generate ad revenue. Uh, a search engine is the is the way to get you in. But what I was saying is there, there's no in business incentive for them to teach you how to use these tools. That's why Facebook um, like differentiates uh, from like a lot of other software in that it is not designed to uh, be as usable as possible. It's not designed to to help uh, users accomplish specific tasks. It's actually designed to lead you around on a leash. Uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, the, the answer is like, I, I always wondered why people, why, uh, you know, people weren't more comfortable using search engines. And I think I like you, like, I think I'm just curious. And so I have poked around on the web. Uh, one thing like your advice to, to just go around on the web. One thing that I've found, use a password manager, any, like anyone that is listening for God's sakes, um, use a password manager and and use unique passwords use long passwords um that's i would i would definitely like uh if i had one thing to advocate for it's 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 password manager but yeah thanks for engaging with me this is like a weird uh once in a lifetime opportunity uh thanks thanks twitter spaces i guess (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's cool man it's definitely cool i I have to work it better or they have to work this better for my account at least because i guess i follow so many people so they have to send out i guess 4.6 million i guess sure you broke something uh it's also notable yeah. that twitter is the most negligent uh software company i actually the most negligent company uh i have ever encountered um and yeah but yeah, like good news they're actually really designing they're focusing on the platform uh for people like you who are are prof- what i would describe as professional um social media users as opposed to regular users. But that's what I originally wanted to say is like, there are people for whom like using social media has nothing to do about growth and they just want to casually use it. And that's the original uh, group of people who use social that can, you know, the uh, the aughts, the original people on Twitter were just screwing around. Um, and I really, I don't think that there's like a, 
I'm not saying that it's good or bad. I just think we need to start differentiating uh, between people who like want to do marketing stuff, want to explicitly move in that direction, and people who just want to bumble around. Um, because I feel like the two are getting confused, and it's wasting a lot of time right now. Yeah, it's definitely feeling like that. Um, uh, Twitter is moving towards that space. And you got to remember um, something that I learned. Twitter is still a private company. So that means they control everything. So it's still, you know, like Twitter, I mean, I don't want to, you know, get into like deep things, but Twitter still has XXX content, you know, on here. One Instagram boots people off, Snapchat boots people off, Twitter, you can post whatever you want. As long as you're not, you know, that T word, you're, you're pretty much good on Twitter. So I like it for that too. It gives you real freedom to speak, even though they did kick off Donald Trump um is 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 um is uh what's his name i haven't seen him so much uh, farrakhan is farrakhan on twitter guys anybody could put like the thumbs down emoji or a sad emoji and let me know that he's on or he's not on here i don't know but i know that he got kicked off as well off the uh, most social media platforms and we're getting to a, a point like that anyway to where there's going to be a lot of control for the um social media spaces so hopefully it, it gets better over time but who knows, man? Let me see if I can remove sin. Uh, I'm trying to. If you guys want to come up and talk, I'm adding hey. people. What's going Sorry. on, Marquise? What's popping? And I just want to say thanks, you know, for opening up this space, for spreading your knowledge, because, you know, knowledge is power. And, you know, I just wanted to say thank you for that. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm just trying to, because I've, I've seen and done so much recently. I'm just trying to, like, share as much as possible. I don't want nobody to be stuck or tied down to anything, because I literally came from South Central L.A., you feel me? Like, I came from 71st and Budlong, South Central L.A., between, you know, Hoover's, A-Trade Gangsters, and Crips in a real bad neighborhood. I literally, that's where I come from. I lived in Compton. I lived in Inglewood. So... I'm just trying to share everything. I'm trying to share it all. That's another Where? huge difference between you and uh, basically everyone else I've ever seen talk about crypto. Uh, like, you're the only person I would actually listen to about crypto um, or social media strategy for that matter. What were you saying, relevancy? Mostly I subscribed just barely with it and uh, the price was right, you know, so that helped. Uh, I, I used the undo feature. I shortened the length to uh, 10 seconds, I think it is. And uh, I'm impatient, so I still tend to uh, let some mistakes slide through. Um, but what I wanted to share, like, you know, the cosmetic changes to the, the avatar and the button are really fun. I don't know why, but I keep changing the colors of everything. Um, what I really wanted to share, though, was uh, like a lot of people who probably are adopting Twitter Blue, I subscribed with my personal account. And I work um, as a marketing manager in the pharma marketing space. And it wasn't until this week, um, like after the rollout uh, to the U.S. and the new features coming in, um, I mentioned to my boss, we were on a call and I said, you know, I think, I think you know, subscribe at least one of our work accounts to this. Um, because of the top articles feature, uh, it's a great way to do some social listening on what clients are 
uh, tweeting and talking about, what stories matter to them, and even, you know, get a bit of a glimpse into what uh, some of the competitors might be talking about as well. So we subscribed um, also on, you know, one of the other accounts that's sitting here on my phone. So so that was a, that was a pretty cool thing to, uh, to do. Thanks. Uh, Glendon, how's that going so far as you have added one mm. of your work, work accounts? Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, yeah, I, I did send some feedback um, to, I, I can't re- recall if it's just to the Twitter Blue account or, or to who it was. One of the one of the drawbacks of having Twitter Blue when you have multiple accounts on your phone, I've got two work accounts, a group blog I'm part of outside of work, and then my personal account. Um, one of the drawbacks to Twitter Blue is in the... Um, uh, or at least a feature that it needs is is in the colors in being able to um, set up what you want it to look like, right? Because you have all that control over like making your links. My links are all purple, right? Um, the thing is, even if you only have it on one account, um, it will change the links to say purple on all of the accounts on your phone, even though you don't have access to the rest of the features on your phone. So um, I'm a very visual person. I work with visuals all day. Um, and, you know, it would be really nice to be able to pick and choose which uh, account has what color so that I know I'm tweeting from the correct account and not accidentally putting personal stuff on work, which hasn't happened. But, you know, it happens to everybody once in a while. Um, so, yeah, so that would be that would be great. Um, having it on on, uh, you know, multiple accounts, I think um, for me personally, again, I like the experimentation. I like seeing what's coming in lab. Um, I messed around a lot with the buttons on the bottom uh, the first couple of days and then realized that was another drawback. Because if I customize my personal buttons along the bottom, uh, when I go back to use the work account from my phone, everything's in the wrong spot, you know, and and, and my uh, my muscle memory is going to be all messed up. Um, so yeah, so that there's there's definitely some uh, some little I think UI things that it would be nice to see down the road. Thank you, Glenda. That's awesome. Um, any follow up? Isabel or Smitha on on Glendon. I'm with, Glendon. Stay a speaker if you if you can. We might uh, call you back up. No problem. Um, okay, let's see. Bunsen and Beaker. I don't know your real name. If you don't want me to know your real name, that's okay. But I just, I just what's your name? So I can. It's uh, it's it's Jason. My name's Jason. Bunsen okay, and Beaker. Jason. Yeah, the okay. dogs are way more famous than I am. Gotcha. Um, okay, we Jason, have, you're, you're, you're next, and then David Blue is after. Oh, can I go now? I'm sorry. I didn't yes, need to step yeah, absolutely. Okay. No, no, you're first. Go ahead. Yeah, um, we have Twitter Blue. Uh, we're up in Canada. I'm really happy with Twitter Blue. Um, the, f- the features we use the most uh, is definitely the bookmarks. Um, we run spaces and we have our science communication account. So keeping track of all of the cool tweets and like important stuff about spaces like and the our previous like advertisements for spaces that's just streamlined everything for us it saved me like scrolling through thousands of things and just kind of going bananas there um also in the labs um being able to post from desktop long videos we tried that a couple times with like long drone shots of the dogs just frolicking about in our in our on our farm and that was a hit and it was kind of cool because people like the longer video so that's all i had to say uh we really like it we're excited to see extra stuff that might come to twitter blue i can't think of anything off the top of my head that we would like more but we're excited for anything else thanks so much jason one quick follow-up for you um i know that we're limited to desktop right now on longer video would you be would it be better if it was on mobile as well or you're better for oh, you on desktop? some yes some no um like the drone has to be uploaded to my our desktop first before we put it to mobile but i do with most of the editing of the dogs on mobile and that would be amazing if we could just straight up yeet 
you know, a 10 minute long video of the dogs right to YouTube. Like that would be great. People, yeah. people would love whatever content we put out there. People want more of it. So that would be amazing. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. And just to follow up there um, about the longer video, have you, has that helped you in like post more videos or and engage in that format more with the feature? It's been a novelty like uh, for us, like a 10 minute video editing 10 minutes of drone shots would be like an hour of work. So it's just straight up extra content, um, unedited footage. And you know, we had a pretty good response to it. So if it was on mobile where I do most of the editing and montages, that would be, I mean, that would be really, really cool to be honest with you. Um, you'd get, like we would definitely help promote that too because that's a big deal for creators. Awesome, that's great to hear. Thank you for that feedback. Awesome, David Blue. Hello. Um, this is a this is a big moment for me. Sorry, I'm gonna preface it real quick in that uh, after like ten years of of unrequited uh, feedback and requests, uh, I'm glad to talk to you guys. Twitter employees. Um, so I'm gonna focus on your question. Uh, why did I subscribe? Well, it would be silly of me not to, having spent my entire adult life publicly requesting that you guys uh, implement a subscription service honestly for any of the uh the advantages that that it has for users um i uh i want to say uh a, a big piece of feedback the twitter for ios app has at since i subscribed to twitter blue this is going to sound really contentious by the way i'm just like a, a big edgy but like uh i want you to know that i'm in i'm in here because i'm invested in twitter too um <laughs> the uh twi the ios app has not randomly logged me out uh not once in the past seven days that i've been subscribed so i do appreciate that um i love i love the investment in list that you guys are showing it's like been my pet thing for uh 12 my whole 12 years of of being a twitter user um and it represents a real investment in uh giving people the power to curate for themselves um the uh i i'm re i'm really happy about that i used to have uh, a reminder that uh, a weekly reminder to check the the Trello card in your guys's roadmap for Twitter lists. That's that's how invested I am with that feature. Um, and I I want you to stop me. Uh, let me just, what, just one. are you is is there more that you want to say, David? One more note. Go ahead. On, on a suggestion, an ability to queue posts. Um, and I guess in tandem, look into ways that other services have implemented delete and redraft. I think the the undo tweet, I understand the sentiment and I understand the ridiculous pressure that you're that you faced it. I also understand that fundamentally editing the, the way that Twitter was designed from the very beginning, it makes no sense. Um, but even better tweet deck is a, is a plugin that enhances tweet deck, uh, implements delete and redraft, which is exactly what it says. And I think in tandem, that would be very powerful. Also, can, if you, uh, maybe could lift follow limits for people that pay, <laughs> I haven't been able to follow anyone on Twitter since 2017. David, curious for you, what would the delete and redraft give you that you're currently not getting with the undo button? I know you touched on this a little bit, but I'd love to hear more about that. It's difficult to describe without, if you've never used the feed. So what delete and redraft, simply what it does uh, is, well, okay, I'm going to use Mastodon as an example because um, it, it, it's native there in Mastodon's, uh, in Tootsuite, it's web client. Uh, you push one button about where it's in, it's in a three, three dot uh, menu on an individual post. And then you push delete and redraft and it instantly without confirmation deletes that post and then moves the content of that post back into the compose window. So um, I think you guys, and I, I I want to give you a lot of flag for the undo tweet thing, but it is legitimately a psychologically intelligent uh, 
way of accomplishing. I think that's very smart. I, I'm, I'm actually very impressed, I should say. Uh, after having, I've been really, really critical of Twitter this year, specifically for adjacent reasons. So, God, please don't, please don't feel like emotionally uh, responsible for anything on my timeline. And thank you, thank you for listening to me. <laughs> okay, David. We we appreciate all the feedback. This is why we have this open forum for you. Um, and you're always welcome to share constructive criticism for us. As you, as you can notice over the past year or so, we are sharing a lot more and we're very transparent in how we're building. So um, we, we appreciate all the feedback. All right. You're trying, yeah, but <laughs> over, yeah, transparency pushing it, but yeah. All right, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, fair enough. Thank you so much for sharing. All right, we've got Doran. Doran, uh, if I mispronounce your name, please correct me. It's Doran. Thank you very much. Doran, how are you? Thanks. thanks I'm for doing great. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me up. So yeah, I've been enjoying my Twitter Blue experience quite a bit. Uh, definitely the bookmark. Um, well, first of all, first the... of all what, what motivated you to jump into it, uh, subscribing to begin? Please tell us that. Yeah, I mean, I think in general... Um, you know, there's a aspect of it of wanting to support Twitter, just being a longtime user and finally having a, a way to support the product um, is like probably the most important thing for me. Um, the bookmark feature is the most appealing to me. That's probably what it, the most utility I get out of it. Um, it's been interesting to look at the top articles, although a lot of times like the, the articles I see in there are, you know, I've already seen, you know, more organically. Um, so that one doesn't have as much value. Uh, but bookmarks are a real pain point for me for Twitter, um, which kind of leads me into the, like, the area of suggestions and, and things I'd love to see. Uh, one I suspect is, is really hard, but like search for bookmarks has sort of been a holy grail that I've always wanted to do because I can never categories and folders helps a lot because there's always that thing of like, oh yeah, there was a tweet about this thing. So now that I can categorize them, I guess it, it uh, it's easier to sift through them, but definitely being able to search, which I understand is like a very hard technical problem, is something that, that would be really appealing. Um, other things in the way of feature requests that I think would be really cool are, you know, uh, there's so many other services out there that help you do things like uh, delete old old uh, tweets or delete like. Um, that just seems like a natural thing to eventually get into this product for, for power users. It's, it's something that, you know, I always want to do, but I, you know, I always forget to do it. Um, so just sort of like being able to to go back and, and auto-delete uh, either tweets or likes is something that, that would be great to get in the product. That's um, awesome. I'd love to uh, talk about the bookmark folders. Like, what are you using bookmark folders for? And how often do you go back to them? Um, I mean, I just use them for, you know, like, let's say these are posts about crypto or, you know, these are things about, you know, um, I, I work in product. So things about product or, you know, I, I bookmark pictures of cats to show my wife because she she's obsessed with cats, you know. So it, it's just sort of just a way to um, have it be easier to go back when I do want to remember, you know, a subject. It's just sort of easier. I'm hoping but I've taken the time to tag it correctly in the past, which I don't always do. Awesome. Thank you. Cool. Anyway, like uh, just congratulations to the team. It's inspiring to see. And, you know, it's been great for everyone to see how much you guys have been iterating in general across all of Twitter. But then especially with Twitter Blue, it's going to be really fun to see where you guys take it. Thank you, Deron. Brian, you're up next. Exciting. All right. Well, thank you for having me up. So I guess starting with why I decided to sign up for Twitter Blue, I am a, I'm actually a Facebook convert. Used to use Facebook far more than Twitter, but Facebook got really mad at me for talking 
um, about white people um, in 2019. So I started using Twitter more and then got hooked more on Twitter. Had had a Twitter account forever. And I joined uh, Twitter Blue really specifically, I think, for two things. was the ability to undo tweet and uh, the scroll integration. Uh, I was a huge scroll user. So it's been super nice to have that uh, connection in Twitter Blue. So I've really appreciated being able to read ad-free articles on uh, my Twitter timeline. Uh, that's been very, very nice. I second the, you know, delete and redraft function, I think. That would be helpful. The other thing that I would love is priority on like feature rollouts. So I know that a lot of accounts are starting to get the new spaces tab uh, for uh, being able to actually see all the spaces going on at a time. And I am forever frustrated that I am paying Twitter and yet it hasn't hit my account yet. So, um, you know, I do, that would be an excellent addition to know that you know you really are like first up you're in the first batch of people who will get this and if you join you're going to get it shortly i know there's some technical concerns and like how do we prioritize this person who just joined twitter blue to get these new features that haven't been rolled out completely when we've already got a rollout strategy in line but i think that would be really helpful um other than that i think i mean i'm sure there will be more things but for now like i'm pretty happy i, I will echo the bookmark search i also use bookmarks uh to sort of categorize or to hold i mean right now i don't categorize the folders are not going to work by adhd i just won't remember to put them in the right folder at the right time but the ability to so search is even more powerful for me because i can just uh, surface the thing that I've been looking for. I mean, I have tweets that, you know, I may only refer to um, once every six months, but like there's the tweet for the thing that I want to send to somebody that I'm introducing them to a topic and there's been a brilliant tweet thread about it. And today, all of that gets outsourced to Readwise and places like that instead of staying on Twitter, in the Twitter app. Um, and, you know, that is that is definitely something that is frustrating. Um, the other thing I think would be, you know, as we talked about, like the additional features, but like if you're a Twitter Blue member, the ability to be prioritized for things like community would be helpful. I put in a request to have community and haven't heard back, you know, and it would be neat to be able to say, well, you know, you're supporting us. So we, you know, we are going to give you some priority in terms of reviewing that. Thanks, Brian. A few um, follow-up questions um, sure. for you. So first, you mentioned um, ad-free articles. Um, I'd love to hear more about, you know, your experience with ad-free articles, what you're liking about it. Um, if you could talk a little bit about that. Sure. Um, in general, I just, I don't hate ads, but I hate the way that they screw up my ability to view something and read it clearly and to engage with it without having to, you know, oftentimes not even be able to read all of the content because there's something blocking it. So, um, and I also like the concept that I am supporting the, uh, the, the creators, the folks who have written the, those articles. So that's been really powerful in terms of knowing that like people are still getting money even if I don't have to see their ads, because it's like the best of both worlds for me. Um, I haven't really tried the top articles much. It's mostly just that being able to, um, Vox, is a, Vox is a site I read very often, and Vox and The Verge, and just being able to not see their ads, but still know that they're being, you know, they're being supported is really powerful. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, the supporting journalism aspect of it is amazing. Have you checked out the impact chart? Um, not yet. I know that it's there. I was actually just looking over there today before something came up, but I um, will check it out. I think that would be really cool to see. Yeah, check it out. And if you have any feedback or any suggestions, um, feel free to DM me. My DMs are always open. I'd love to hear your thoughts about it. The other um, thing I wanted to ask you about, you speak about how 
you want, you know, Twitter Blue subscribers to be first in line for um, features and stuff. Have you, um, you know, are you familiar with Labs? That's part of the subscription offering. Yeah, I see that there is a list of items in Lab, but it doesn't seem like it seems like it says, you know, here's what you have in Lab, um, and you can do these things, which is great. Um, but like that's cool. Uh, but I, it doesn't, you know, if there are things that are already rolling out. Uh, it's like this would be great for me to have access to those. The things in lab, like the upload longer videos, is pretty cool. Um, pin conversations is not something I would use a whole bunch right now, but um, upload longer videos is something actually I had not paid attention to. One of the things that I think labs would actually be helpful is if it's, and this is what uh, Google did to some degree with Gmail, but like the power of feeling like you get to opt into a lab is really neat. Um, to be like, I choose this and I get it because I am a Twitter Blue subscriber instead of like, these are these things that I have. Is it something I want? The ability to choose the thing that you want, even if, for example, it's actually all enabled behind the scenes or whatever, um, is something I think that would, would help folks, you know, feel that labs brought them more value because like the things that I want specifically like aren't available in labs and what. Awesome. Um, that makes a lot of sense. And yeah, the, um, and Sita, you can jump in too, but with labs, um, we're giving you access to features before they launch or they may not fully launch, but we're asking from, for feedback and kind of hearing about people's experiences with features that we're um, testing. Thanks so much for your thoughtful comments, Brian. Um, we appreciate it. So let me just give you, there's, there's several other people in the queue, but I know, let's say we've been going about 30 minutes or so, and some folks have, some new people have joined. We're talking to Twitter Blue subscribers and getting feedback in this space today. So if you join in a little late, that's who we're inviting up to the mic. So if you are not a Twitter Blue subscriber, just hang tight and um, listen and learn. Um, those of you who are, who are requesting the mic, please, please, please be Twitter Blue subscribers. We really appreciate that. Okay, the next up is the order is Crystal is next. Then we've got, oh, Scott, because I know it looks like you had some problems coming up. Crystal, Scott, and then the tweet 001, you're next. And then Noel. <laughs> Hey guys, thanks for having me up. Um, I kind of joined late into the into the conversation, but I get the gist of it. Um, I I am liking the Twitter blue, but I feel like um, can you can you can you tell us a little bit about what motivated you to subscribe in the first place, please? Um, I just wanted to see what extra options that it had, and so um, I mean, I only I've only been on Twitter since like January, um, and I wasn't on social media for the like the previous 10 years really. So, um, and it's just, um, when, when I was on social media, there's like, I, I don't know. I like the options of having folders for, um, all my different categories. Cause I like to, I'm into so many different things. Like it's hard to scroll back through all of my tweets and all the people I've like retweeted and stuff to find a tweet. So the bookmark thing was like something I was really interested in. And I think it'd be really nice to have like a quick favorite button. So like, if you see a tweet that you like, you can favorite it and then go back into your favorite and kind of like reorganize and put them into different bookmarks or something. Um, and then like, I'm with whoever was saying that about the follow limit. Cause I am, I am constantly in follow jail. Like I go into all these amazing spaces and I'm hearing all these phenomenal people talk about like so many different things that I'm interested in. And I want to like follow all these people. And so I go through and I follow speakers and then I get put into follow jail for like a day or two and I can't follow anybody back. And that is something that is really frustrating um, and I've heard that a lot throughout Twitter spaces as well as the, the follow limit is a, is a 
big thing for a lot of people. Um, and then, oh, what I really do love is the 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 theme option. So I have all mine in purple now because purple is my favorite color, and um, I just it's more appealing to me to see my tweets and everything in purple. Um, and then there was what? Oh yeah, um, I don't I don't know if you guys can do anything about this, but I. I got you here. So in the Twitter spaces, it would be really nice um, to have a couple more emojis when people are speaking to be able to like give them a heart or a fire or, you know, there's just a few other emojis that would be super helpful in Twitter spaces. So I think that was, I mean, and maybe having like the fact that we can only have one pinned tweet for me, like, and going and seeing other people's pages, like I want to see a little bit more about who they are at the top of their page and not have to like scroll through whatever hundreds or thousands of tweets to see more about this specific person. And, you know, myself included, I'd like to put a little bit more information at the top of my Twitter page. So when people come in there, they can see a little bit more information about me and I can see more information about other people. Crystal, um, question for you. I love how you're using the theming and um, I love your choice of purple. I had that. Um, <laughs> um, and then I switched. Um, what other personalization or customization would you like to have? Um, it's not, I mean, I would more, I would rather have just more options of like spaces emojis is one thing that, I mean, it's something that we're always talking about in spaces is, you know, the limit of how many emojis we can, you know, tell people how we're, the audience is feeling kind of. Um, I mean, I think maybe like a long, a little bit longer of a bio would be nice. I, I don't know. Like as far as customization goes, it's just like just a little bit more room to show who we are or maybe even like feature our NFTs, you know, um, with, an, I don't know, some other photo options or something. And I'm not really sure what that entails. <laughs> I wasn't actually ready for this. I just kind of like got out of the gym and I saw this. So I, I didn't, I didn't really have all my thoughts gathered yet. <laughs> That's okay. We appreciate your spontaneity. Isabel, did you have other follow-up? Oh, sorry. My, my voice, yeah. my audience thing got <laughs> oh, weird. I was, I, did have... to, I was just about to say That's this okay. thing. Can you hear me? Yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah, yeah. We got you. Awesome. Okay. Is, are, are there any more follow-ups, uh, Crystal? Do you have anything um, else to share? <laughs> Yeah, there was one last thing that I just thought of is like, so I, I pretty much follow everybody back that follows me until they give me a reason not to follow them. And, um, but also like girl, like trying to find people in your followers is really a challenge too. like, I have to scroll all the way like through, I have, you know, I mean, I, I have 5,000 followers or something. So trying to find people all the way back to the bottom is like, so like, it's, it's so time consuming and so hard to like, if there was a way to you know, be able to search your followers or like see who's following or who unfollowed you or anything like that, like just a little bit more um, structure with how to find your followers or share your followers or something like that all right well thank you thank you for all of that valuable feedback crystal we really appreciate it here's the order next so we've got scott and we've got um scott and then we've got uh the the tweet zero zero one um so scott the tweet zero zero one then noel and then i believe there was someone else coming up go ahead scott i think you're muted scott you want to hit the mic button all right okay we'll, we'll we'll go to the tweet zero zero one if you have a real name that you want us to <laughs> call you yeah sure uh, actually yeah hi all uh, my name is uh my name is sai i'm from india all right basically hi, i 
yeah basically i named it uh, the tweet 001 because i love twitter and uh, uh, the jack the ceo of uh, you know twitter where he started started twitter 2006 at the very developed now it's very amazing and it's one of the very topmost you know chat uh, platform and it's leading the world and so very good are you are you a twitter blue subscriber uh, no no actually okay. i'm not a twitter so yeah. here, here, but here, i have here, a feed well, well wait a second wait a second here's here's this space is about twitter blue and we're inviting twitter blue subscribers to to share their feedback with us so what i'm going to invite you to do is go back to listener and listen to how people are are experiencing the twitter blue um their twitter blue subscription and uh, then maybe when you when you have it available for you then you can share your feedback after you um uh after you get it okay so remember if you're a twitter blue subscriber this is who we're getting feedback from now all right looks like scott is back i think his audio problems are are better so scott you can come back up and then we've got uh adam next i'm sorry noel and then adam all right scott go ahead okay uh yeah sorry about before i had a little bit of a <clears throat> of a bug uh turning turning off a mute um but it's working now uh how are you guys doing awesome so can you please start out by telling us what what motivated you to subscribe to twitter blue and um tell us a little bit about you know what you're liking you know what you know any issues or any your your entire experience yeah so i originally subscribed because i've been a long time twitter user for you know five plus years using it very regularly and when this option came out it was one of those things where i sort of just wanted to like give back in a way um like a, like all this time i felt like i should be paying twitter but i never i never have paid twitter anything So this was the first opportunity to actually like give my money to Twitter as weird as that sounds um but it's actually some some uh, a lot of the same sentiment I saw amongst my amongst my followers too like we've gotten a lot of value out of Twitter so it's like how can we uh how can we start paying them a little bit um and the features that it's been interesting because the features that I was originally excited for um uh which was book bookmarks I haven't been using much um I have the same sentiment as the gentleman Brian from earlier which is I'm bookmarking a lot of things and and I'm going quick so for me it takes a little bit too much time to think okay what folder should this go into so I end up just putting it in or not putting it in a specific folder um I haven't been using that but I have been using the thread feature the threader uh, that's been really nice I, I like you know if I'm reading a long thread I like just uh being able to kind of breeze through and not see uh not see all the other stuff uh that's been nice and I really like I just got this on iOS last night thanks to uh the help from one of your colleagues to tell me to download the new iOS but the top articles is really nice um i like to be able to see what my followers are sharing uh you know which specific articles they're sharing my only problem with it it doesn't update very often so it's like i think i can only check like once a day otherwise it's it's the same articles i think for 24 hours right so uh that's been that's been good and then the the custom navigation has been really nice Uh, I like having my bookmarks on the navigation to be able to quickly go to those and and I have the top articles there as well to be able to see that. And uh that that's basically everything I've used. I I I've really enjoyed it between the threader, the navigation and the top articles. It's been great. So really great job. Uh and uh, appreciate all the work you guys are doing. Thank you, Scott. Uh we're going to go over to Noel. Hi. Hi everybody. How's everybody doing? Awesome. Great. Good to hear. Uh well, I I reported Twitter Blue when uh Jane uh Jane Wong first kind of uh 
let the cat out of the bag. I reported on it for money.com. And, and just recently, I subscribed once it became available in the US. I think the feature I'm using the most is the bookmark folder. What I would love is if that feature was available on desktop because I find myself putting lots of stuff into the folders, but then I can't recall it uh, on my laptop. So that would be great. Also, uh, this might sound crazy, but I'm just going to throw it out there. I think multiple pinned tweets would be good as well. Kind of like a like a gallery almost, like the dashboard on, on the space, for instance. Uh, the ability to go live with, with a friend. I think that's not that's something that's not really being used much on Twitter, going live in event. That'd be great if we could do so and do so with a friend. Also, I would love to schedule tweets from my phone. That would be amazing. I do schedule tweets often on my laptop, but the ability to do so on my phone would just take it to another level. And also, and just one final thing for the tip jar, uh, I've seen you guys have done some great things. I know that, and, and I'm sorry, I know this is not a Twitter Blue feature, but it could be. If you could possibly add other things to the tip jar, like buy me a coffee or other forms of payment, that would be great as well. But just to kind of round it up, I think making the folders available on desktop would be amazing. I'd appreciate that. That's all I have. Thank you. Um, Noel, I have a couple of follow-up questions. Regarding the scheduling a tweet, are you using your personal account for scheduling or um, do you have a, a business account or professional account that you're using for that? No, this is the only okay. account I use. I guess you could call it a hybrid between personal and professional. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Um, and then I will say that we are working on bookmark folders on web, web actively. So stay tuned. Thank you. Awesome. Okay. Let's see. We we're running about 11 minutes to the top of the hour when we finish. So I'm going to try to get as many people rotating up as possible. So uh, keep your comments as brief and on point as possible. Okay. Adam, you're next. And then I've got Margie. You're, you're after Adam. And then Miss Tanya after that. Go ahead. Hi, Reggie. How you doing? I'm uh, glad to be here. Uh, thanks for letting me ask, uh, share. Um, so, uh, I guess with the, the expansion of Twitter communities, uh, Twitter spaces and uh, the feed, uh, having additional uh, tools to uh, manage that, uh, manage those uh, uh, within the app uh, makes it much easier. The, the bookmarks uh, for me, uh, I completely rewrote uh, social media. My can social you, plan can, for can you, can you tell, um, Adam, Adam, let me stop you. Can you tell us uh, what motivated you to subscribe to Twitter Blue to begin with, please? Yes, uh, the 10 minute video uh, that was huge. And because uh, initially starting out as a micro blog, uh, and then for me, that's a natural natural progression to become a vlog. And uh, so that's huge for me. And uh, it would be great but uh, ha use that on the phone. So I would uh, absolutely be a power user if I was able to stream my, or, you know, use Twitter Live for 10 minutes from my phone. So that'd be great. And uh, the bookmarks, I like to be organized and uh, ready to go. And, uh, you know, rather than scrolling all the way down. So, uh, yeah, that was the main, uh, for me, main thing so far. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. We're going to go, oh, I think Margie, Margie left us. So we're going to go to Miss Tanya. Oh, hello, everyone. Hello. Hi. Um, how you guys doing? Fantastic. So, that's good. Um, so I like the whole everything that they doing um with Twitter Blue. The thing that catch my eyes the most was the theme and the bookmark and also the oh man, I forgot the icon. That I like that. Also, it would have been nice if we can actually have you know like recorded conversation, not recorded conversation, but voice um conversation, blue to blue you know, community and stuff like that instead of communicating through the spaces and stuff like that. 
that will be a plus for me because sometimes okay. I don't get on the spaces and, you know, you want to send a little memo or something, voice memo, and you can actually just got to type it and all that. But other than that, I, pre- I, I love it. I love the bookmark. I love everything. Thank you. That's awesome. That's great feedback. Thank you, Tanya. All right, Margie, mm-hmm. you're up next. Hi. Hi, Reggie. I'm sorry about earlier. My whole space went black and it just... I could still hear you talking, but I had to um, force close the app to get it to restart. After, well, after you close down the space and they ask you how your experience went, hit mm-hmm. the hit the frowny face, and then I think you can share a little bit about what what problems you have, just just so that our engineers can can get this feedback. Okay. Okay. Um, the only I really like Twitter Blue. I'm gonna be really really short. The only thing I really want is with I love the bookmark folders. I want to rearrange them because I was. Doing all my photos, then I thought I didn't do this in alphabetical order. Ugh. So just trying to find the ones I want, like in order. So when I go back to them, it'll be easier. But that's it. That's all I want to say. Thank you, Marge. You're okay. Welcome. So, uh, Roberta, Roberta, you're next. And then True Crypto News, um, you're next. Roberta, Roberta Linton. Okay. If you're having some audio challenges, no worries. We'll try to, we still have about seven more minutes. We'll try to come back to you. Okay. So, True, True. Crypto news. If you have a name that you'd like for us to call you by, it's okay if you don't, but just <laughs> trying to identify you in some way. Please share. Hello? you got to unmute in order to share. Okay, no worries. We're going to move on. We'll try Hello? To- can you hear okay. me? All right. Oh, hi, how are you? I'm doing just fine. Uh, can you sh- share with us a little bit about your experience with Twitter Blue so, mm-hmm. Twitter Blue so far? Ha- Hello. I'm, I'm, I, I live in Northern Ireland. I'm sorry? Northern Ireland. Oh, Northern Ireland. Okay, all the way from Northern Ireland. Well, hey. Oh yeah. Well, do you? Uh, have a, well, do you have a subscription to Twitter Blue? Yeah, I do. Okay. I mean, he's okay over there. Yeah, we're doing awesome. Oh yeah, I'm a very advocate for um, animal abuse. Okay. All right. So we're going to move on over to uh, Wayne. Okay, Wayne, tell us about your Twitter Blue experience so far. How? Why did you join? What What motivated you to join? Join yet. I, I came into the space to learn more about it, but oh. I just have a, I just have a question. Okay, uh, can, can can you, Wayne? I'm sorry. Can you hold your question? Let's let's pause for a minute, everyone. So, Smita and Isabel, we we have um, only five more minutes left. So, I want to make sure that Wayne, Hank, can can you mute for a minute, Wayne, please? And then I'll then I'll let you ask your question. Okay. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. Um, so we have about five minutes left, and I want us to you know maybe you know. Maybe we'll have Wayne share uh, ask his question because I did I did say at the beginning that hey if you weren't a subscriber we'd we'd leave some time at the end for folks to ask questions so maybe we can get Wayne in and maybe someone else is that okay Smita and um, Isabel absolutely okay awesome okay so we're gonna try to get one or two questions in about Twitter Blue so Wayne you're first Wayne yes I'm sorry <laughs> uh, thank you for allowing me to ask the question. No worries. Um, as someone who's in the entertainment music industry, uh, one of the things I heard is that you're allowed to have a 10 minute video. Now, uh, I think that's very much important because sometimes when I post and and I post about artists and I post about whatever it is I'm doing in the entertainment industry, the the two minute limit, two, two minutes, and 20 second limit sometimes does not help me as far as my brand. So as far as a 10 minute video, what are you allowed to post? And what will be uh, what what is not allowed? It's going to be subject to all our current copyright um, policies. So anything that's against our Twitter code of conduct and policies um, will not be allowed. Same and and, and uh, another thing, monetization uh, is, is there a monetization aspect to Twitter Blue? 
for you to monetize against Twitter Blue? No, not 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 today. Will it be offered in the future? Or what I mean by monetization, I mean, is it going to be like something like YouTube where you're able to uh, monetize your content? Or is it just for undoing tweets, editing your tweets, bookmarks, or is there any other features that will help one's brand? I think right now our goal with Twitter Blue is focused on those who are trying to elevate their current Twitter experience. And so our focus is on bringing features that is um, towards that specific goal. Thank you. I appreciate for you allowing me to ask the questions. Thank you. Thank no you. worries. Blank. Thank you. Thank you for coming up. I appreciate that. Okay. So we have three more minutes left. Uh, let's, let's try to get one more um, question or share. So F1, uh, uh, in America, I think you, we're gonna. You, you may be our last comment or question. Go ahead. Uh, not a question here, but uh, just new to Twitter Blue and have been enjoying the features and functionality. I'm still exploring a little bit uh, of what's what's on offer, and um, I, I I I feel like there's a, a little bit of a more smoother flow to my Twitter experience, and I feel like um, I, I just I feel like I'm getting a little bit more of like a a ground floor view of, uh, of what others are doing and, and what, um, less noise in general. So thank you. What was your, uh, motivation for subscribing to begin with? Uh, thanks. I am uh, running a ton of spaces now on Twitter and I'm finding that I'm getting more and more, I'm just spending more and more screen time um, with Twitter. And I think it, I, I think what I'm noticing is that there's less fatigue. I, I don't know how to, else to describe that, but um, I'm getting what I need more quickly. And I'm, I think I'm just enjoying, I think there's just a sort of just general experience vibe that I'm, that I'm enjoying more from, from using Twitter. And so for me, it was, it was worth it. Um, I wasn't sure for a long time, but, uh, I'm glad that, you know, I've signed up and I, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm using this, you know, quite a bit now. And, and so just spending more time here makes it, I think a little bit more of an incentive to, to sign up. Thank you so much. We really appreciate that feedback. Um, and I thank everyone, thank everyone who's, who come up to uh, to share with us. So I'm, I'm going to pass it back over to Isabel and Smitha for some so for some closing comments and then we'll wrap things up. Awesome. Thank you guys all for um joining today. Like I said earlier, um, please tweet at us or DM us. We want to hear um, feedback. This is the first of many Feedback Friday sessions to come. Um, and all these insights were very valuable. Smita, off to you. Yeah, just wanted to uh, plus one to Isabel. Thank you so much for spending time with us. This has been really valuable and helpful. And we still want to hear from you, from those who didn't, we didn't get a chance to hear from today. Please tweet at us, DM us, let us know your thoughts because we are listening. We're always listening because um, we want to make this better for you. So let us know. Awesome. Thank you so much, Smitha and Isabel for co-hosting with me. Um, and, and I just want to just thank everyone who has supported Feedback Friday since July, since we started. Um, your feedback is super valuable to us. We're going to be off next week because it's Thanksgiving holiday here in the United States and we're, we're off work next Friday. But then we'll be back on the following Friday, which I believe is December the 6th. Yep. Uh, uh, yep. No, to December 3rd. So that'll be the next Feedback Friday. So thank you, everyone, for joining. We really, again, appreciate your support and appreciate you sharing your feedback with us. Again, if you have feedback for Twitter Blue, can... Um, DM Isabel or Smita, or you can email us at feedbackfriday at twitter.com, or you can reply back to the promo. We get them all. We get all the information. All right. Thank you all for joining today. We'll see you next time. I hope you always exist.